Hello, this is Fight Back, a podcast by the Healthcare Consumer Rights Foundation. I'm Steve Poisner, healthcare consumer advocate, founder, and executive director. Our nonprofit's mission is to help you navigate the complex healthcare system and understand your legal rights, options, and opportunities when you encounter problems and obstacles. We want to empower you with the information you need to fight back and get the best possible care. On this Fight Back episode, we talk with Peter Lee, the Executive Director for California's Health Insurance Marketplace, Covered California. Mr. Lee oversees the planning, development, and the administration of Covered California and its efforts to improve the affordability and accessibility of quality health care for all Californians. We discuss with Peter the many facets of the Covered California system, including what options consumers have for obtaining affordable health insurance, even when folks lose their employment, how to access subsidies for premiums and co-pays if you are a low or middle-income family, how the open and special enrollment windows operate, the value of shopping around for the best possible plan, the status of the COVID-19 vaccination program, and much more. Let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Peter. Uh, Great to be with you, Steve. Thanks. So, so Peter, Covered California is pretty well known now in California, but uh, just in case for our listeners, could you describe what is the mission of Covered California? Yeah, the mission of Covered California is really to get every Californian that's eligible for coverage and financial help to get that coverage. So we're the doorway for people to get to Medi-Cal if they're eligible for Medi-Cal. And then directly through Covered California, we help about 2 million Californians get access to subsidized coverage because they get financial help through the federal government or now the state uh, government to make healthcare more affordable, but then they pick the right private plan that's right for them. Got it. So uh, who's exactly qualified for Covered California versus uh, you know, Medi-Cal? Yeah. So it's really important when you think about this, the, the whole we are, you know, the Affordable Care Act for California. And it's income-based. So if you make less than 138% of poverty, which is, you know, about 20000 a year, you're going to get Medi-Cal, which is free. You make more than that, you're eligible for financial help through Covered California. The less money you make, the more financial help you get. So 90% of the people that sign up for Covered California have about 80% of their healthcare costs covered, which means they might pay $100 a month for what would have cost them $700. But it's really important to note, Steve, that starting in 2020, uh, the state of California added state subsidies on top of the federal. So now that means middle-class Californians, it's like a family of four making up to $150,000, can get state subsidies depending on what their health care costs them and where they live. So the main thing for any Californian that does not have employer-based coverage, they should go to CoveredCA.com and see what they're eligible for. And they can sign up even if they don't get a subsidy because we're a marketplace for all Californians. Got it. So do the subsidies help cover co-pays and deductibles or are the subsidies aimed at the insurance premiums? It's a really great question. And depending on your income level, uh, level, uh, they'll cover both uh, or just your premium. So for lower income Californians, they both get big financial help to lower their monthly premium. But also, instead of paying 
you know, $30 to go see your primary care doctor, they might only pay $5, but that's for lower income Californians. You make more money, you get help with the premiums only, and then you might pay $40 a visit. Uh, so the design of the program is less resources, more financial help, both when you see a doctor or go to the hospital or buy a drug, as well as for the premium. So are there any donut holes or has you know, the combination of Medi-Cal and Cover California now pretty much cover you know, uh, everyone's uh, income brackets? So in other words, is there really any reason why anyone here in California can't afford some type of health insurance? Well, there is. And it's, a, again, really good question. So California has done more than any state in the nation to lower the rate of the uninsured. Uh, when we opened our doors uh, and started implementing the Affordable Care Act, there were about 18%. So almost one out of five Californians that did not have insurance. We're down to about 7%, a 10% drop. That's huge. But of the remaining uninsured, which is about 2.6 million Californians, the biggest number of them, about, about 1.4 million, are not eligible for financial help because they're undocumented. So that's a big donut hole. And Governor Newsom's tried to implement a number of policies to expand some access for undocumented Californians. But Covered California's financial benefits and Medi-Cal is mostly for uh, current legal residents of the state. Beyond that, though, if you are a legal resident of California uh, and you do not have employer-based coverage, uh, pretty much everyone can get a financial leg up uh, to get coverage. I see. So, first of all, I that's fantastic. The 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 how how the uh, uninsured rate in California has plummeted over the last ten years. I mean, that's a an enormous success. But you're saying most of the people that are left that are uninsured are undocumented. Is that is that what you just? That's said? the biggest number. But I also want to bring home to you, Steve, and to people listening to this, is that uh, there are 1.2 million Californians uninsured today who are eligible for either Covered California's financial help or Medi-Cal. And they're the ones that that we're still pounding the pavement on, trying to get the word out to. Many of them might have checked about eligibility two years ago and not realized they're now eligible. Or others are just shell-shocked because of the recession and saying, boy, I know how expensive insurance is. I just can't afford it. And they haven't checked. So one of our big jobs is getting the word out. And you're right, we're pretty well known now, but that's because we spend 50 million bucks a year on marketing because you need to remind people that we've made healthcare affordable. Right. Now, uh, of course, there's you know, so many advantages of making sure you have health insurance, but it's also the case in California. It's it's, it's the law, right? You're required to- It is. To- and that's, a, yeah. that's very important. So, you know, people get confused because uh, two years ago, at the federal level, the penalty that was in place if you did not buy health insurance and you could afford it went away. But last year, 2020, the state of California did two things, expanded state subsidies. So middle-class Californians can get more help and lower-income Californians also get more help. But they also said, you know, having health insurance is sort of like wearing a mask uh, in the COVID pandemic. It's not only good for the person wearing the mask, it's also good for the entire community. Having insurance means you're more likely to stay well. Uh, so there's a penalty now. If you decide to opt out of getting insurance and you can afford it, and there's standards for that. If you can't afford your insurance, there's no penalty. But if you decide just to sit on the sidelines, when you file your taxes with the Franchise Tax Board, you're going to pay a penalty that's 
might be as much as, you know, depending on your size of your family, $750 or more. Uh, Peter, have you seen an impact ever since that, that penalty has been put in place? Have, has, has that encouraged more people to actually sign up? Does it, has it, it, it absolutely has. And, and we saw, so this penalty took effect last year, 2020. And I'll tell you, the 2019, which now in COVID years feels like 800 years ago, but 2019, when the penalty went away, we saw the biggest drop in new enrollment uh, that we've ever seen. 2020, we saw the biggest increase. We saw a 40% increase in new enrollment. And that was, on the one hand, brought on by the penalty, so that the stick, but also by the carrot of telling people there's new subsidies. But it made a huge difference. And, and I want to remind you, the benefits of that penalty are we're going into this year, in 2021, with a premium increase of half a percent. In 2020, we had a premium increase of less than 1%. Those premium increases benefit people that are even higher income that don't get subsidies because it means they aren't paying skyrocketing increase in healthcare costs. And that's driven directly by the penalty, meaning we have a healthier risk mix. More people insured means lower costs for everybody. It's really a win-win. So the people who are still uninsured that are not, I'm not talking about the undocumented group, but the people who are still left, do they tend to be healthy and they, they, and they think of that they're just, you know, uh, don't need health insurance because they're healthy? Is that still a big issue is to convince younger, healthier people that they need insurance too? Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. Uh, one, the number one issue we've seen is um, more than people thinking they're invincible at any age, and there's a piece of that, it is about affordability. Uh, it's even with the subsidies that are in place because of the Affordable Care Act, the state subsidies, health insurance can be expensive. And uh, people in a recession are struggling. We've actually seen a jump of people who leave covered California. And it's a very small number every year that leave to be uninsured. But that number went up a lot during a recession. So quite honestly, no question. If someone's got diabetes, they got cancer, they're going to make sure they're insured. So on the margins, yeah, it's healthier people, which is why we spend a lot on marketing because every dollar we spend on marketing to remind that healthy person, whether a, they're a healthy 50-year-old or a healthy 25-year-old, lowers premiums for everybody. Right. So you know, lots of people obviously get insurance from their employer. And now you know, we've, been, we've been discussing you know, Cover California and Medi-Cal. What are the other options? Is there much of an individual private health insurance market left in California? Well, remember, we are an individual private market. Uh, through Covered California, there's 11 health plans. Uh, they're all private plans. And enrolling directly through Covered California, about 10% of the people enrolled through us don't get a subsidy. In addition, though, there's about 700,000 Californians that enroll uh, in private health plans and buy direct from that plan. But the vast majority of them are actually have covered California in their corner because the products they're buying are negotiated by covered California on their behalf to get the best rates and the best benefits. And and Steve, I know, you know, given your history uh, overseeing insurance regulation, you know well that in the old days, if a consumer is shopping for health insurance, they often had no clue what they were buying incomprehensible about a deductible, co-insurance, co-pays, right. pre-existing conditions, all that. What we've done is we sat down with 
actuaries, but more than that, with consumer advocates, uh, with medical experts, and the benefit designs that all the plans use are the same designs. And those designs are established to encourage people to, to get care, not discourage them. So let me just spin that out just for a moment, if you don't mind, Steve. It means that the, the most common benefit design people get is what's the silver level, which is sort of a, you know, not an incredibly rich benefit design, but pretty good. But even there, we've designed it so there's what's called a deductible, which means the insurance doesn't kick in until you've paid it. But the deductible only applies when you get care in a hospital. When you want to see a doctor, whether it's a primary care doctor or a specialist, when you need to get an x-ray or an MRI and it's not in a hospital, there's no deductible. First dollar coverage. And that benefit design is identical for off-exchange when you're getting insurance and you buy it direct from Blue Shield and direct from Kaiser or you buy it through us. So in many ways, we've actually put consumers in the driver's seat, even when in the individual market outside of Cover California. I see. Interesting. Now, affordability is still a big issue, as you've noted, you know, because, you know, there's obviously some out-of-pocket costs and so forth. To what extent, Peter, do you think consumers need to be more conscious about shopping around? Like, for example, uh, when I wasn't a California insurance commissioner, I came across this this case of uh, an MRI costing, a, you know, a few hundred dollars at a, at a, at a specialized uh x-ray center. And then across the street at the hospital, it was a few thousand dollars for the same equipment, same radiologist. And so since there are co-pays and deductibles, do you actually recommend that consumers, you know, become more sensitive to what things cost and to shop around? Well, it's a really important question, Steve. And and absolutely, we are about being consumer-driven and putting the consumers in the driver's seat. The starting point for that, though, is picking the right health plan. So when a consumer shops and they go to CoveredCA.com, they can go to something called Shop and Compare or when they enroll, and we ask them about their health status. Uh, and we don't, we don't want to know, do you have diabetes? Do we not know your condition? But we don't know, how much health care do you use? Because that will help you decide, do you want to get a silver plan or a gold plan? But then you'll see, like in LA, seven different health plans that you can pick between. And you've got your options. Is your doctor in the network or not? What do you play off against one another? But also, we require every one of our plans to give consumers tools to understand what their health care will cost them if they, for instance, need that MRI, uh, if they're going to get hip replacement, which doctor is going to be less expensive with quality information available. So, you know, in the end, we want to have a healthcare system that is driven by the consumer. And for that, they need better tools, but we've pushed our health plans to provide tools that help them make those choices. And also on the, the prescription drug side, you know, that can be expensive too, right? Uh, even with coverage. And there are tools out there that allow you to shop for exactly the same prescription drug, but at different places, there's different costs. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? That, that it how well, much it's variability there is out there. Well, the variability that, and I want to go back to your example because, you know, I have a, a friend who's a doctor and I'd spent a lot of time talking with him about shopping and he needed an MRI and he was recommended to go to his local hospital. He went and he had exactly that experience. He was told it was like uh, $2,200 for an MRI. He shopped around and found it for a couple hundred dollars. Now, he had a plan, which was called a coinsurance plan, 
which meant he was going to pay a percentage of that difference, which gave him a huge savings by getting an MRI that was just as good. He saved hundreds of dollars. And you can find some of the same benefits on prescription drugs. Uh, So uh, consumers really need to be savvy shoppers in this age. But the starting point of shopping is making sure you have health insurance. For sure. In the past, you know, the, uh, even, you know, these employer plans, especially, I guess, I mean, they, 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 there wasn't much coinsurance. There wasn't very many deductibles and so forth, but that's not the case anymore. And it's going to only get more, more cost sharing implementation in the future, I would think. So it, it feels like consumers need to realize things have really changed and it's not, you know, uh, irrelevant how much something costs that they're, that since they're paying a piece of it. So uh, I, I guess uh, you're 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 saying the same thing I I am I suppose shopping around becomes an important part of what a, what a consumer needs to do. Well, it's so interesting, Steve. Because one of the things we've seen is that you know, uh, ten years ago, the issue was lower income people that did not have insurance and people with employer coverage that were you know all clear, everything was great. In some ways, that's been turning around because now right. through the covered California, there's subsidies that are income adjusted. There's benefit designs that are standardized. And quite honestly, now I worry a lot more about people with employer coverage that have pretty crappy coverage now. And they may be the confused people because many employers do not adjust their benefits to give richer benefits for lower income employees. So I think one of both California and the nation's next coverage issues is how to make sure people with employer coverage you know, some people have great employer coverage. You know, I'm, I'm, I work for the state of California. I've got really good coverage. Um, but a lot of lower income workers have coverage that's pretty thin. And so, boy, do they need to think about their choices in their coverage. So, as you say, shop for the drugs, potentially make sure they're going to the right doctor. But also employers need to step up and think about, boy, does it make sense that I have the same benefit design for my janitor making 15000 as for an executive making a million dollars, which is what's the case right now. And it's cuckoo in terms of actually encouraging Californians to get the right care at the right time, which is what insurance should be about. Right. So if you do have a, a really terrible employer-sponsored health insurance plan, does that disqualify you no matter how terrible that plan is from getting access to a plan on covered California? Um, it's a good, really good question. The answer is it doesn't disqualify you if the coverage is really terrible. Uh, but it's the, the rules are if the coverage that an employer offers meets a minimum standard, which is a pretty minimalist standard, uh, you cannot get the subsidies through Cover California. And we help people out every day of the week when they're saying, you know, I don't like my coverage by employer. Sadly, in many cases, we need to say, sorry, you're stuck with that. Now, I will note, I know this is mainly a discussion to help consumers understand where they can go and what they should do. But on the policy front, uh, you know, we have a new administration in Washington. Uh, you know, we already saw in the Newsom administration expanded state subsidies. But in the end, healthcare finance is a federal job. And the Biden administration has proposed making the subsidies uh, much richer, uh, making it more affordable for all Americans. And I think one of the things that's going to come up when we start looking at that is, well, what do we do about those uh, employed Americans that have pretty bad coverage? I think that's going to be one of our next next, uh, threshold issues to look at. 
Well, you know, Peter, this this pandemic that we're all struggling through, it's been a real eye opener, right? I mean, all of us need to care about the quality of healthcare for everyone in the whole community. I mean, my health is impacted by your health. You know, uh, we're all in this together, and we've seen that big time, right, uh, during COVID nineteen. Well, I, I think you're spot on, Steve. I mean, the COVID pandemic has, uh, to my mind, highlighted two or three things. One. When it comes to healthcare, we are all in it together, which is why having everyone covered isn't the right thing to do just in a pandemic. It's the right thing all the time because those 7% that are uninsured today, I'll tell you, they aren't getting preventive services. So what's going to happen? They're going to show up at an ER. They're going to cost a lot, and we all foot the bill. But the other thing the pandemic has highlighted is some of the underlying problems in how we deliver healthcare. It's highlighted the fact that there's disparities in care. The uh, impact of the COVID pandemic has been far worse on communities of color, in particular Latino communities and African-American. Why? Uh, In many cases, they're lower income, frontline workers, more apt to get infected, but also they're less apt to have health insurance. I mean, there's a number of things that it really highlights that we as a state and nation need to be looking at disparities in care as a front of our agenda for healthcare. Uh, no, absolutely. Uh, if, if uh, tragically, if you have lost your job during you know this pandemic or for any reason, uh, and but you do qualify for Cobra, uh, if Cobra can often be expensive, as you know, Peter, can you qualify for Cobra California if you do also at the same time qualify for some type of Cobra plan? Absolutely, and this and it raises a really good point. So we so last year in March when the COVID hit hard and the recession hit, we actually opened our doors wide open because usually uh, open enrollment, which we're in right now and will be through January 31st is a time that anyone can sign up. But after that, you need to have a special circumstance. So throughout the year, if you've lost your job at any time in the year, you have two months to come to come to cover California and you're eligible to get signed up. Even if you have COBRA as an option, 90% of the time you will get better coverage, cheaper through Covered California than with your COBRA coverage. And you are absolutely eligible. And so that's one of the things that, you know, when we saw the pandemic hit, we saw a huge increase in people enrolling because we opened our doors wide and we wanted people to come on in if they needed it. And that's in some ways what we should do is in the worst of times is when you need a safety net. We were there for Californians, including people that had an offer of COBRA, but they couldn't have afforded it. Right. Uh, nice. You've mentioned uh, open enrollment periods. I, I know that there's one that's about to close here. Can, can you explain a little bit more about these open enrollment periods? Why, why do you even have them? And what do consumers need to know about, about, about these deadlines? Great. Well, see, this is where, you know, you haven't been an insurance commissioner. You know part of why we have them is that if we didn't have an open enrollment period, then those healthy people would say, you know, if I can sign up any time in the year, I'll just wait till I get sick because why would I want to sign up ahead of time? That's not what insurance is about. Insurance is about paying into a pool that you hopefully you're never going to use. But if you do need to use it, it's there for you. So the point of open enrollment is to say, look, all of us should have insurance. We're going to give everyone a financial leg up, but you need to know that if you don't sign up, you're not going to be covered. So it's a um, a nudge, a boost to get signed up. Now, 
again, people need to understand if their circumstances change, we're open year round. What's it mean to your circumstances change? You lose your job and lose healthcare coverage. We're open. You move. There you were in LA. Uh, you move to San Diego. You can sign up and say, oh, you know, I didn't realize what my options were. Now I can get up. You move. Uh, you have a child. You get married. You get divorced. All those things happen. Our special circumstance for which we are open year round. Now, last year, during the pandemic, we said, now is not the time to have hurdles for coverage. So we opened our doors wide open for March through August. And one of the things I think uh, your listeners can look forward to, I would bet dollars for donuts that the Biden administration is going to declare a special enrollment period to respond to the COVID pandemic. Many states do not have a state-based marketplace like Cover California. They rely on the federal government. Last year, the federal government did not open its doors wide open uh, during the recession caused by the COVID pandemic. Uh, I'd bet the Biden administration does do that coming up uh, for February for a number of months. If they do, California is going to look real closely at also following their lead so consumers don't get confused by hearing a national message and a different one in California. So we might well open our doors wide open again, but for a consumer – they should get insured today. If they don't have insurance, every day you're going without insurance means you're rolling the dice. And I, and I want to note one thing, Steve. COVID, look, it is bad right now still. Um, the good news is the work that California did six, seven months ago, something we call flattening the curve, means that we know how to treat COVID better. There are far too many people dying today, but because we know how to treat we are keeping people alive. But know that if you end up in the ICU and you hear a lot about ICU beds and you walk out of that hospital and didn't have insurance, you're going to have a bill that averages around $60,000. And again, you don't want to, uh, you want to walk out of a hospital, absolutely, but you don't want to walk out and have a new mortgage hanging over your head. So that's one of the other reasons people should step up regardless of uh, when we have open and special enrollment periods, sign up and get covered as soon as they can. So your open enrollment period, at least currently, is is the end of this month? It ends on January 31st. And if you sign up anytime between now and January 31st, your coverage will start on February 1. Uh, started in February, under normal circumstance, you would have to have a change of life circumstance. Lost a job, moved, uh, had a kid, divorced, married, things like that. Uh, stay tuned, though. We're looking at... at uh, COVID and national policies to see if we might open our doors wider. But right now, people can sign up and have coverage that kicks in February 1. Got it. And if you do have a special circumstance, how much time do you have, you know, after you just had a kid or you just lost your job, or you just had a divorce, how much time do you have, you know, to sign up? Yeah, great question. Usually it's two months. Um, and so usually you have a two-month window from having lost your job-based coverage to get in the door. Um, but again, you don't want to go two months without insurance coverage. So for anyone, we give people a big window, but you don't want to use that window because that means you're rolling the dice every single day. And that's sadly what we've all learned in the COVID pandemic is life really can change in an instant. And it's it's something we are all at risk for. Right. You know, when I was insurance commissioner, you know, a big part of my job was to take complaints from consumers about health insurers you know, health insurers who, 
or denying claims or canceling insurance improperly or overbilling or surprise billing, that kind of thing. Uh, does Cover California, do you get into, you know, helping consumers solve problems with their health insurers? Absolutely, we do. At the same time, uh, we work with both the Department of Insurance, which you ran, and the Department of Managed Healthcare, uh, because every insurer that uh, we offer, and again, we have 11 health plans, they're private plans, some are uh, nonprofit like Blue Shield and uh, Kaiser, others are for-profit like Molina and and uh, Anthem, Blue Cross, every one of those is regulated by either Department of Managed Healthcare, Department of Insurance. So consumers have three places they can go. And I'm sure you told them this uh, when you worked with them is number one, you start with your insurer. You got a problem, go to them, make them do what's the right thing. Then absolutely come to Cover California. Uh, we are in consumer's corner. And finally, they need to be responsible to the regulators that hold their feet to the fire. Uh, we have seen, though, a huge decrease. And, I, you know, you may know that I, you know, in the old days, did a lot of consumer advocacy around uh, access to health care coverage for people in managed care. In the old days, one of the big issues was denial of coverage out of the gate because health plans could and did deny people coverage because they had pre-existing additions. You had asthma in the past, you had diabetes, plans would say, we don't want you. They could do that. Not anymore. And that's what changed with the Affordable Care Act is every health insurer has to take everyone during that open enrollment period when they knock on the door and they qualify otherwise. That's a sea change. You know, that's huge that co covering pre-existing conditions is a you know, massive improvement. What, what problems are you seeing then these days when, when consumers are having problems with their health insurer? Uh, what, what are some typical situations that you see out there? Yeah, one of the typical sorts of problems we see is uh, sort of a problem that comes from an opportunity, which is uh, how coverage works in California for uh, lower income Californians, uh, children may be eligible for Medi-Cal while the parents aren't eligible, they're eligible for Cover California. And what we often get is confusion and challenges about that mix of eligibility rules between us and Medi-Cal. So we actually have our staff and working with the team at Medi-Cal working through eligibility issues of parents say, I don't know, I want my kid to be with me in my Kaiser plan. And actually the rules don't allow that. So those are some of the issues we struggle with. Um, and then other issues are some of the classic issues of just uh, often people wanting to get to particular providers that aren't in network. Um, those are issues that are always going to be with us because the days of uh, what used to be the case, this is 20 years ago when insurance was about all doctors in every health plan, those are gone. Every health plan has a select network of doctors and hospitals. Every one of them is adequate. Everyone's good networks, but they aren't the same networks. So if you want a particular doctor, you don't have a guaranteed right to get that doctor. It depends on who's in your plan. Right. So if people are having problems with their health insurance company, uh, and sometimes you know maybe certain uh, medical procedures, it's not crystal clear whether it's covered or not. Anyhow, if people have a question or a problem, Start with Covered California? Nope. Actually, start with your plan. I mean, okay. really, the, your health plan's job is to give people the coverage they deserve. And remember, most Californians, 50% of Californians have coverage to their job. Their insurer is paid for by their employer to get them the care they need. So 
for the average Californian, start with your plan. Hold their feet to the fire. The next step is if you've got employer-based coverage, go to your employer. Go to your HR department. If you don't have employer coverage, you have Cover California, come to us. Third step, go to the regulator. Go to Department of Managed Healthcare, uh, Department of Insurance, depending on who regulates. And today, unlike when you were in commissioner, about 95% of folks that have coverage through Cover California, they're actually regulated, the health plans are, uh, by the Department of Managed Healthcare. Uh, That's where most people get insurance through today. Uh, And they do a great job. But luckily, they do a great job for a few people because the vast majority of people get the care they need when they need it. But for the exceptions, sometimes you need to be a squeaky wheel. Got it. Good good summary there. Uh, Finally, I I did want to uh, update our listeners on the latest with uh, vaccines and COVID-19. Obviously, this is the you know, hottest topic out there right now in healthcare. Do, do you have any insights into uh, the the vaccine distribution situation and some of the bottlenecks? And what's the latest there? I do. So we spend a lot of time working both with the state and our insurers. The main thing for people to know is is um, one, we should all pause and be incredibly grateful that there's vaccines that have been developed as fast as they have. This has been historic about how quickly the vaccines have been developed. That's number one. Number two, the main bottlenecks are not in distribution. It's in production. They're just nationally and globally aren't as many vaccines as we would want to have. The vaccines will be rolling out over the next five months for, uh, and they'll be phased in terms of who gets access when. And, you know, for many of us, you know, you know, I'm under 65. I'm in pretty good health. I don't smoke. I'm going to wait months before I get my rights to be queued up to get a vaccine. It's going to be a tiered prioritization uh, that local public health uh Departments are going to help people through, as will your health plan. You could turn to each of them to figure out where you are in the queue. For most of us, though, um, where the vaccines are starting is over 65-year-olds, people who are essential providers, meaning they're on the front lines of providing care and service. And then it's going to be rippling through to the rest of us, which means most of us, most Californians, don't have a shot at getting a vaccine until probably – you know, March, April. The reminder for all of us is we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we aren't there yet, which means we've got to keep wearing our masks. We've got to keep social distancing. We cannot let our guard down because people are still getting infected. And the last thing we need is to have another three months of the amount of people we see in hospitals, of the mortality we're seeing. So, Vaccines are coming. There's going to be more approved, but production will still be the main problem, and that's going to run out through the next months. I'm very optimistic, though, that by you know June, I think the vast majority of Californians will be vaccinated. But June in COVID time feels like light years away. Right, right. Uh, so. Just to, just to clarify, because there's been some confusion in the news, at one point it, it sounded like there was a supply available, but not enough people to actually provide the vaccine. Are you saying that that's not the problem anymore? That's absolutely it? not the problem. Now, in, in some cases, uh, is with different vaccines, uh, uh, they're 
cold storage. And once you've thawed them, you can't refreeze them. And so there's some issues where people are going to be signed up to get access. So uh, they use every vaccine open. But those are really issues on the margins. The big issue is the supply itself, is that there are not enough vaccines for what we want to be delivering. Right. Do you have any safety concerns left? Absolutely not. And I spent a lot of time talking to um, both frontline doctors, doctors who have been involved in research and looking at this. And the thing that's, that's totally clear is there's two things you want in a vaccine, that it's safe and it's effective. Safe is it won't hurt you. Uh, and effective is does it do its job of both meaning you're going to be uh, not pass it on to others, but more importantly, not get really sick if you're exposed to the virus. These vaccines are hitting the ball out of the park on both fronts. And, you know, will you have a sore shoulder for a day or two? Sometimes uh, take ibuprofen. Um, but these vaccines have really from all expert reviews really hit the ball out of the park in terms of both safety and efficacy. So, uh, of course, there are certain groups, you know, uh, in, in this state and all over the country that have still a lot of concerns about safety. So is, you know, educating consumers about what you just said, a really high priority for public health officials? It's, it's a phenomenally important issue, Steve. And this is where one of the things that, I, again, I think, you know, we've seen sadly over the last um, year, you know, not an evidence fact-based discussion at the national level. It's clear that masks make a difference. It became politicized, which is bonkers. Right. Uh, and the vaccine, it's about the evidence. But in particular, I note, you know, in, in some communities of color, in particular the African American community, has a a reason to look back at the past and say, boy, I'm nervous about trusting a medical professional. I, I know about the Tuskegee experiments that were going on where right. we were guinea pigs. So that history is one that we need to both recognize. But then what's that mean? We need credible speakers from that community stepping up and speaking to that community. And I've, I've actually been really thrilled to see there's a uh, effort in the African-American community called uh, the blackdoctors.org, which wrote a love letter to the African-American community. And it was black doctors. It was the four black medical schools coming together African-American clergy, the sororities, the, the fraternal organizations coming from historically black colleges, coming together to say, look, I've looked at the evidence. This is the right thing to do. And those sorts of efforts are one that we need to see more of uh, because we need to get to a place where we have 75, 80% of Americans, of Californians who've been vaccinated. And we're moving that direction. And, I, and I've talked to a lot of people in hospitals saying, you know, I've had some of the staff in the hospital say they don't want to get the vaccine. But then they see the medical director. They see the doctor they work with. They see the nurse they work with and trust getting vaccinated. A lot of this is who do you trust? People trust their own doctors. If people have a question, talk to your doctor. That's the place to start. And, you know, we worked with the California Medical Association, the American, the California Association of Family Physicians, to get the word out about the need to be COVID safe, which includes taking that vaccine. Yeah, no, great advice. And it's, it's worth emphasizing, right, Peter, that the vaccine is free. 
absolutely really important because there was confusion early on even around testing because some people said i got a test and i got a bill was it covered is it not covered the vaccines are all free uh so wherever you get it you ain't paying for it talk about the right bargain uh and I, i'll tell you uh, on a personal level i got a 93 year old mom she got vaccinated two weeks ago hallelujah one of my sisters is a frontline uh, healthcare worker. She's been vaccinated. Um, I'll tell you, I'll, I'm going to be getting vaccinated as soon as I can, but I'm not going to try to push to the front of the line. I want those frontline healthcare workers. I want our seniors. I want people with chronic illnesses to get it first. But boy, am I ready and willing when I'm in line, I'm going to step up and get that vaccine. Right. Um, and there, there's some issues, you know, with the supply. It, have you actually looked at you know the the situation where people might get Moderna for the first one and then oh, there's only Pfizer left for the second one? Do those those two work together, or is that still a big open question? No, they they absolutely don't work together, and that's where the the supply issues need to be working about what do you call sort of titrating the delivery because uh, the main thing that's being looked at now is what's the timing lag between shots. You know, does it need to be three weeks? Can it be stretched out longer and shorter, et cetera? Um, the effect of the vaccines, there is a significant positive effect from your first shot. But you need a second shot to raise the efficacy levels. But if you're getting a Moderna, you need the Moderna second shot. So we don't want to confuse folks. They are related to one another. And that's part of the supply issues. One of the things that President Biden's uh, has looked at doing is let's get more first shots out there because that makes a difference. It may mean the second shot, instead of being the preferred three weeks is five weeks, but it's still going to be that effective when you get that second shot. But you need to be making sure with your health providers that you're getting the right first and same second shot. Right. Okay. Good point. Are you excited about the Johnson and Johnson uh, vaccine that's in the pipeline since it's a single dose? Absolutely. And this is one of the things that why I'm optimistic about us going into the summer with virtually all Californians vaccinated is, you know, when there's going to be, there's two other vaccines coming down the pipeline uh, and they're going to be one shot. They're going to be uh, less difficult to maintain and distribute because they don't require very cold temperatures. Um, and again, I know we're all impatient and boy, am I impatient. I'm working from home. I'm wearing my mask all the time. I want this thing to be over. But the fact that we have one year, which is almost to the day, it was one year ago on January 21st, I believe that the uh, we first had a case of uh, coronavirus in the United States of America. And we're now administering vaccines on a mass level. That is phenomenal. That is a huge credit to scientists, physicians across the world who now have in-play vaccines. Uh, so I, I'm, uh, I'm very optimistic. We've got more coming down the track. I'm grateful for what science has given us in these vaccines that are working. And boy, do I wish I had mine now. I'll wait a while longer and keep on wearing my mask. Right. Gotcha. I, I agree with you, though, Peter. It is, it is mind-boggling, just phenomenal that the scientific community, the, the academic community, government agencies, I mean, they all kind of came together somehow and in a remarkably quick period of time came up with this, this uh, effective vaccine. It's just a, a, a remarkable. Absolutely. And I will say, Steve, one of the things that, you know, as a 
global citizen, boy, do I want us to get our vaccines. But I also worry about we're part of a community of nations and we have right. lower income nations that are struggling to get vaccines. And boy, I welcome uh, that we re-entered the World Health Organization. Is And part of this is because we, you know, viruses don't know boundaries. If we think, oh, we're going to be an island nation, we can't be. Our ability to make sure we wipe out the coronavirus has to be global because one of the things we've learned is that, you know, the issues like the virus will come back and bite us if we don't address it globally. Well, absolutely. I know my family, we're looking forward to some international travels at some point someday. Also, we live here in Silicon Valley. There's so many people coming in and out of Silicon Valley. I mean, we, we have to care about solving absolutely. this globally for sure. Okay, Peter, my last question here. Um, if you're uninsured here in California, uh, where do you start? Really easy. CoveredCA.com. It's, uh, and the great thing, you go to our website and you can in two minutes, find out what you're eligible for. Go to shop and compare, and you don't need to even put in any uh, identifying information. We don't even know who you are. Shop on your own. But then when you want to sign up, you can do it online. Half of the people that sign up do it themselves online. But the other half say, this is kind of confusing, and it is. So what can you do? We say, find help near me. Put in your zip code. You can find a local insurance agent. That agent can walk you through the steps, help you figure out what your subsidies are, help you pick the right plan for you. That insurance agent will not cost you a penny. And they've got one job, not to find the plan that pays them the best commission, but find the right plan for the consumer, for you. And so the thing we've done, we put consumers in the driver's seat, but they've got to start shopping, which is at CoveredCA.com. Very good. Peter, uh, thank you for being on the podcast today. That was great information. Well, real pleasure being with you, Steve. And thanks for getting the word out about these important issues. You bet. Talk to you later. I want to thank you for listening to today's Fight Back podcast. Our mission is to provide you with the healthcare resources and information in a refreshing and interesting format. I also want to thank Peter Lee for joining us on our podcast and providing you, our listeners, with the information you need to obtain affordable, high-quality health insurance. For more information, please visit our website at www.healthcareconsumerrights.org. While on our website, you can check out additional podcasts or access more information and resources to help you navigate this healthcare system and get the care you deserve. We also welcome your input and stories that we can use on future podcasts. This is Steve Poisoner, and this is Fight Back, a podcast by the Healthcare Consumer Rights Foundation. Thanks for listening. I look forward to our next podcast. Talk with you soon.